Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. Hey, everybody. This is Tank Sinatra. You're listening to the Think Tank Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm glad to have you here. If you're enjoying the show, please do me a favor. Head over to iTunes and leave a review. I love reading them. And if you want access to the full archive with episodes such as Jesse Itzler, Dan Soder, Derek Huff, DMC, go to gasdigitalnetwork.com and use promo code TANK for two free weeks and access to all the other shows on the network. Enjoy the episode. Are they all here? All but one. But I'm going anyway. I'm the best at what I do. You're listening to the Think Tank Podcast. Look at that fucking smile on my face. With your host, Tank Sinatra. Barbara Corcoran. Welcome to the Think Tank. Nice to see you again. Yeah, just move that mic over a little oh, yeah. bit to your face. Sure enough. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you again. I feel like we're be- we're uh, we're buddies now. Only because we've seen each other twice in two weeks, which is usually what people do when they're having an affair. What do you think? I- I'm ready when you are. I'm more than ready. I've been ready for years. <laughs> Barbara, you know what? I mean, this whole hour, I was just going to ask you questions about how you made it in business, and I don't. I I mean, you lifted the curtain up before, and I saw it in all that? three minutes. What's that? You just walk in a room and you're like, I'm here. Who's what's up? Oh, well, I'm curious. You're, I mean, you're curious, but you get shit done too. Yeah, but guess what? You got good guys out there. The minute yeah. I met them, I'm like, I got to get something out of this guy. He looks smart. Yeah, who are you? What can you do? I know you're smarter than Tank. That's this, what I thought. <laughs> in a different way. Yeah. <laughs> this is a. Um, that was like a a, a clinic. Oh, really? In, no, no, no. I just got a little lucky today. You got good people, and I just needed certain things that they know that I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, I'm fascinated by your whole everything because it i mean you've created a massive business and then you took that business and you turned it into a massive platform and now you're taking that platform and you're expanding it like i'm interested in people who are serious about life and it's apparent that uh, that you're very serious about life i'm not so serious about life you got me wrong i'm just serious about seeing how much i could get done how much fun i could have that's what I'm talking about. Oh, you're talking about that? Then we are in agreement. Yeah, not like gray and dark, you know, not yeah. that kind of serious. Just yeah. like you're not messing around. No. At all. You're going to miss too much. You mess around for even two days. What are you, you know, you can't make it up. You've missed it. Done. So, so have you always been like that? Uh, hmm, good question. I don't really know. Don't, you're not one of those people that like was, you know, having that lemonade stands and no, no, selling no. I'm not self aware. That's a problem. I didn't ever think about what, what I'm about. <laughs> you know, I'm just doing it, right? Yeah. yeah. And where did that come from? Were, you, were your parents like that? Were they entrepreneurial? Uh, no, they were not. My dad had two jobs. There's a printing press foreman. He washed trucks. Those were his two jobs. Printing press and he washed trucks? Yeah, at night. Yeah, he had to support 10 kids. We lived very much hand to mouth. Oh my goodness. But my mother was a powerhouse. She was the, the matriarch. She was beyond the matriarch. She was the commander. Wow, you were frightened a- of her. You snapped to it when she snapped and she ran the household like a boot camp. She was... Fucking amazing. Can I say that on you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like I to say see... fuck all the time. Just yeah. so happy to be free today. Yeah, you're free. <laughs> Wait, so you were one of 10 kids? Yeah. And what? where are you in that? Uh, A that second, range? which is the best position because I'm a middle child. So everybody from two <laughs> to nine was a middle child. I swear to God, you yeah. have protection on your flanks. Yeah. My poor sister got it. Oh, my God. I hid behind her. My dad is one of eight kids. Oh, Which I wow. thought was a big family. Yeah. And well, where did you grow up? Edgewater, New Jersey, a little town right on the Hudson River. You probably know where it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Wow, 10 yeah. kids. You really don't. I mean, there was one one family that I went to school with where there was 14 siblings. Wow. But that was so rare. Like you didn't, One you really, marriage? One marriage, yeah. Just one sexy woman. Whew. Oh, yeah. They were getting it on. My mother had a baby every year and a half. I'm sure she didn't enjoy sex. She just had a baby every year and a half. Utilitarian. Well, the Pope said so. Yeah. I remember <laughs> going to his house in like... I was in I was in Catholic school, so it had to have been from second to sixth grade. And he they were having a party there, and he mm. goes, he goes, "There's my aunt," and mm. it was like a baby. No, and I was like, "What?" I hadn't like ever seen that before yet. Wow! Okay. But that happened a lot in his family because there was all the way from thirty nine down to a four year old in one family. One family, fourteen kids. Unbelievable. So it was like aunts and uncles were like older and younger than, you know, nieces. Wow. And that. it was crazy. I've never seen anything like that. Well, I before. had an Uncle Billy. He was five when I was 15. Oh, and I man. love calling him Uncle Billy. Yeah, I had an Uncle <laughs> Billy too. You're striking yeah. a nerve with me. Uh, I love Uncle Billy. I love my Uncle Billy. He was so funny. Mine was so funny. Was he? Yes, was, was he? Goofball? Was he goofball? Are you, are you repeating me? Yes, am I repeating you? <laughs> Just joking with you. Just started going the same direction. <laughs> Got you there just for a minute. You did get me. Um, 
So I imagine that growing up in a family of 10, there had you developed some kind of survival tactics that you applied to business. Is that correct or no? No, I don't think you'd develop survival tactics, but you're, in a way you're growing up in your own town. You know, in the household, we had two bedrooms, 10 kids, one bathroom. So it's like your whole town happens there. Man. And then we always had kids over for dinner. My mother always had a few kids at the table. Why? Well, I don't know. There was no room. But um, you know what you learn when you're growing up in a big family? More than anything else, you learn how to compete. And I am competitive. Because if you think about it, every kid's got to get the attention of their mom. Yeah. Well, so that's what really, I meant. Survival. Yeah. Like, oh, that's survival. Okay. Yeah. Then I would agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Survival. Yeah. Yeah. Because I imagine, I mean, I was one of three and I'm not very competitive at all. Oh, who are you kidding? Does a cat have a tail? <laughs> Come on. Am I competitive? Maybe I'm a little, I'm not, I was never competitive in sports and that was like the only. You're saving it for business. Who maybe, are you kidding? Maybe I Let was. Let me talk to your wife. I'll ask her the truth. Maybe I am a little competitive. Oh well, I'm learning. I, was, I wanted to learn about you. I'm learning about myself. Yeah. Well, guess what? If you said to me, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to compete with you in such and such. I would close up shop. That's how competitive you are. I'm smart enough to know that I wouldn't have a chance. Oh, man. It's your middle name. Think about it. My maybe God. Maybe it is. What do you mean maybe it is? It is. I don't know. I never, I never thought about myself as competitive. Look at the way you look at people. You're sizing them up, you're assessing, you're working your angles, lots in those eyeballs. Of I do assess. Oh my God. I si I'm a sizer. I know, you are. And you're a big size too, by the way. And yeah, thank I like God. what I see. God, I'm a big size. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know what? I guess I'm competitive with, just to say, like you, I, d I made a decision very young and I remember meeting a friend of mine who was exactly like this and I was like, we're gonna be friends for forever, mm. I can tell. I was at the gym, this was a long time ago before I got married and some girl walked in, but like we were very far away from the window and I said, yo, turn around. He goes, I already saw. Oh wow. And I was like, and I thought I was early to everything. Yeah. And I said, yo, do you realize how much more life you and I live as a result of just paying attention constantly mm. to our surroundings? How much more we get out of life? I said, I'm interested, and he's doing great. He's the principal of a high school in, uh, in Syosset. He's a, still a phenomenal person. Always like to see him. I don't see him that much anymore, but he was like, I like people that pay attention. Yeah, well, nothing goes by him. That's why he's the principal, not the teacher. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so you have a real estate company. I did have a real estate company. I sold it in 9-11. Okay, so yeah. you, you, you built a real estate company. Corcoran Group, yeah. Corcoran, mm -hmm. which is everywhere. Everywhere you want to be. Well, not everywhere in the world, but everywhere there's, where there's a buck to be made. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so when you started out, I imagine things were a little different back when you started out for, for women in business, right? Yeah. They were very different. <laughs> and so not to put you on the spot, but yeah, like yeah. that to me is the most fascinating thing about it all because I got, so I, I'm sober, right? In a 12 step program. Mm -hmm. There's women who have been sober for like 50, 60 years and they have very different stories to tell than stories that I see today. Now it's like half and half, it's 50-50. Back mm. then, it was like 70 guys and maybe one woman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Depends on the business, whether you're in big business, whether you're an entrepreneur, but it's still very imbalanced, of course. Real estate is still imbalanced today? Oh, very much. Well, what you find with real estate, it's worked by women, but owned by men, as it was in my day. I mean, yeah. I looked around, there were tons of women selling real estate, but nobody owned the shop. That mm -hmm. was the only point of difference. But today, most shops are owned by men as well. But not there's a lot of women out there. Now, do you remember that moment when you decided you needed to, to own the whole thing? You needed to be the, the captain of your ship? Or I, was don't, it I don't really, I didn't really have that moment. Like I said earlier, I'm not that like reflective. You know, I'm a, I'm a better reactor. So I had a boyfriend I met while I was a diner waitress. And he said, you'd be great in real estate. Why not give you $1,000 to start a company? I go, why not? I had 22 jobs. I thought, what's the worst that happens? The worst that happens, I get my diner waitress job back. Big deal. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So that was the moment, but it wasn't even my suggestion. I just reacted to the opportunity. I said, I'll take the thousand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My mother thought I was sleeping my way to the top, which wasn't true at all. No, I record. think that you're a hard worker and yeah. you're, and, and you'd say you're, you're not self-aware, but I think you are at least super aware of some things. Maybe you're not introspective, but you're definitely, you know what's going on in the world. You know what I am aware of? I am not self-aware. I never question myself. I should. I tried to get into yoga. I kind of tried to do all that kind of stuff. It never works for me. But I'm very aware of the guy I'm looking at. Yeah. I'm so curious, sizing them up and thinking, could I make them my friend? Could they work for me? Could I work for them? Could I, could I, could I, could I? Like a world of possibilities. So I'm hyper aware of that. And that's constant. Constant. Yeah. Well, so curious. What's yeah. more exciting and interesting than a human being? Yeah. The messed up ones are curious. They're actually more interesting in my yeah. book. 
the ones that are too straight up boring is all hell, but yeah. you're trying to break through the crust and see what they're really about. You don't know, everybody's interesting. Yeah, you just reminded me of something else. When I was a kid, I haven't thought about this in a long time. I, my parents, I want, I loved Superman growing up. Ah, uh, I'm so surprised. The Chris, <laughs> <laughs> the Christopher Reeve Superman. Ah, uh, um, he was the best. And my parents, I begged for a Superman doll, like a, a toy, like an action figure, or whatever. You missed the boat. You should have asked for a Superman costume. Oh, I had those too. Whoa, I oh, I want to yeah. see those photos. And I asked for the Superman action figure. For I don't know how long they gave it to me. That afternoon, I had it dissected and taken apart. No. Yeah. What for? Because I wanted to see how it worked. Oh my god! So my curiosity was going back to like you know when I was four or five years old, and I was not only was I curious about it, I didn't let it end there. I had to know. So what happened? What did you do to your first girlfriend? Oh my god! Every I mean every girlfriend I ever had up until my wife was. You didn't slice her apart, did you? No. Okay, that's what I expected you to say. I'm not curious about how people work physiologically, psychologically. I'm fascinated by how people work. Absolutely, absolutely fascinated. I can't the the fact that there are people out there who make decisions. I mean, there are environmental and sociological factors that play into somebody's success or failure or whatever. But people who are my two highest values are persistence and flexibility. Mm. And anybody who demonstrates those, I just want to know everything about. Mm. I want to know what, what the moments were. That's why I asked you what the moments were, what were the motivations, mm. what were the obstacles? Because I know there's you, you can't exibit persistence without obstacles. Oh, absolutely. Persistence they do your favor. Only, yeah. They only show up when obstacles are present. They also build your character, as you well know. And they build your expertise. Yes, they do. It's the only way to learn. Like learning by the sword. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how I came to know you was through Shark Tank. Yes. Which- um, Going on 11 years. I can't believe I it. I thought it was going to be a two-year gig. I didn't. Yeah. No, I, for me, I thought, oh, I'll do this for two years. I'll move on to something else. It's, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's hard to describe how valuable that show is. I agree with you. I really do. Not only to the people who were on it and to the people who, you know, who are, you know, starring in it like yourself and Damon and Mark and Kevin and whatever, um, but- the people who are on the show obviously get a real quick lesson in how business actually works, even Absolutely. though that's not exactly how business works, but it can be tough. But to the viewers at home who don't have the adrenaline spiking because they're on television, I mean, I learned a lot mm. from watching Shark Tank. I bet you did, but I bet you knew everything you needed to know in life when you were about 10. No. Really? Slow. I'm not trying to disagree with you. Really? I just, oh. I, I was so underdeveloped. Until really? I was about 30. You're so wise, though. How did that happen? That all happened between the ages of 30 and 60, where you are now? Um, 30 years you've learned all this? Oh, I'm 39 now. Oh, I thought you were 60. You look like you're about 60. <laughs> <laughs> Just we switched places. You. you look 39. I look, I look 60. No, I, I got sober at 22, and that's when my life really began. Ah, that makes sense. When I was sense. like, okay, no drugs, no alcohol. My brain is starting to kind of work. But mm. I still made every mistake under the sun. I mean, even in... Even in that situation, they say, don't, don't, don't date, don't go to bars, don't do this, don't do that. And I did all those things. And somehow I was able to stay sober through it all because my decision-making process, I read, um, I don't know if it was Thinking Grow Rich or one of those Great books. Book. Yeah, I've read it like 10 times. Mm. But he says that you know successful people make decisions quickly and change their mind slowly, if at all. And unsuccessful people mm. take a long time to make a decision and then they change their mind. I don't remember dime. that. That's great. Though. Yeah, I, that's why I don't think it was in there. It was definitely no, it in one in one like of those books, but I do take a long time to make decisions. I'm sorry, I make, this, make decisions quickly, mm-hmm. and then I don't waver unless I know that it's time to waver. Mm-hmm. So knowing when to quit and when not to quit and all that kind of stuff has really has really helped me in every you know aspect of my life. Fitness. Well, you you also uh, cover a lot more ground that way. You live life in the fast lane in a way because you're collecting yeah. a lot of experience fast by making those decisions. You get a lot more out of life that way. The better way to go. Yeah, I've had, I mean, probably 40, 50 jobs wow. in my life. Wow. You beat, that, have me beat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. I needed to make money, and I liked making money. I enjoyed being a part of something. I, I still remember my first paycheck. My first paycheck was oh. um, I worked 40 hours as a landscaper, and I made $4 an hour. Wow, what year was that? This it's probably was, better pay than you're letting on, right? 1990. No, it was. I mean, the, 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 the least he could possibly pay. Me. Oh, okay, <laughs> it was 1993, maybe. Mm. So four dollars an hour was like, 
Not so good. Not so good. But I went and got $160 from this guy around the corner and I walked back with it in my hand. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I have $160. (laughs) Like the sky is the limit for me right now. Yeah. But I got, I enjoyed being self supporting. Because my father worked for the Long Island Railroad and my mother didn't work the majority of her life. She cleaned houses and did stuff like that. She was always trying to like, she took really good care of us. Um, you know, my, I, I go back and forth between my saying my parents were incomplete and they did a great job. And that's the, the crux of it all is that. What do you mean by that incomplete? Like they, you know, they didn't give us what we needed to become complete adults. Mm. But as a parent now, I know that no parent does that. Mm. No parent gives every kid everything they need. You gotta, my favorite comment on parenting is a tweet that I read that said basically like, I hope I give my kids just enough anxiety to be funny. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> but not enough so that they're like hospitalized, yes, you know? Yes, right. So you gotta like, you gotta mess your kids up a little bit so to make them interesting, like you said. Yeah. The, it's hard to do that though. The richer you are, the more difficult it is to mess up your kids uh, in a meaningful way, but you mess them up with money. How so? Uh, it gives them what they want. You know, what happens is if you're like, I, I was raised a very poor child. So for me, my measuring stick was against the other poor kids in my neighborhood. Yeah. Now I have two kids of my own. I came into money by my hard work. And it's harder to keep kids away from peers that just value money and false success. It really is. It's harder to keep a kid genuine the more money you have. Do you find that, um, obviously you've made money in your career. Can you talk to me about- I've made it, I've lost it, I've yeah. made it, I've lost it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you've spent it, have you spent it frivolously at any point? Uh, not really. I bought myself recently, four years ago, the most gorgeous dream apartment in New York. So anyone else would say that was frivolous. Yeah. But I lived like almost in a trailer park my whole life because I was afraid to spend money. I ca- and I also felt self-conscious about spending money because I couldn't help but to think, oh, this $600 dress could feed three families for a week. So I just had no business spending the $600. It took me a while. I've become a little bit more frugal because I realized I'm not going to live that much longer. And all my kids around me, all my friends say, come on, be good to yourself so that's rubbing off a little bit good yeah. good i i've bought a frivolous thing when i first started like making more money than i had ever made at the instagram thing and then i bought another what was, thing wait what was that what was it the frivolous thing it was a watch oh. this watch oh well i don't know watches but that looks pricey it shines a lot. Yeah. oh it sounds french very expensive. <laughs> so i i had this watch for about a year and then i wanted to get a tesla and oh. I talked to like eight, nine different people that I trusted. And what I, what I, what it boiled down to was I could afford it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did feel guilty about buying it because like you said, this money could go a lot further. Um, and my, one of my friends goes, dude, you, you know, you can earn, you can own more than one nice thing at a mm. time. Right. And he gave you the freedom to go ahead. Yeah. I was like, all right, if I, you know, if I have to sell the watch, I'll sell the watch. Wow. It is what it is. I don't have to sell it right now. And then right after you got your Tesla, the guilt went away. Yeah, because I love it. I know that's what happens. You just got to go and spend the money. Oh, it's, I mean, it's it's not even a car. The watch, I still. So the watch, I keep. I guess as a reminder of how dumb I can be with money, mm-hmm. because it was a, it was an outlandish purchase. But it's it's resellable. I think watches Very. aren't they? Yeah. Well, that's why you'll I lose it. some money, but no, it, lose it's, the whole it's thing. appreciated. Really, I don't believe it. Try to try to put the test to that and see if you really get more money. Well, I look to see what it's worth right now, mm-hmm. like what it's what it's valued at, what it's selling for on the resale market. Mm-hmm. It is about like 20% more than really? what I bought it for. Seriously? Yeah. With a new watch, you only bought it a short while ago. It's not like it's an antique. No, but the, so the, they make a lot of limited editions. This is a boutique edition, oh, stainless it's steel. it's French and <laughs> limited. Yeah. Yeah, and it's got a name. So the Rolexes and the APs resell pretty, oh, pretty quick. you went all out. Yeah, Ooh. I know. You know what I did with the first money I made in business? I got $340, my first rental commission check. Uh-huh. And that put me, I, st- I maybe had $700 left to stay in business. I went over to Bergdorf Goodman's and bought myself a fancy ass coat. Good for you. 340 bucks right on the coat. I never regretted it. Wore it for like eight years. It was great. Fancy. Made me feel good. It does, it, you know, before you have money, you do feel like having money is going to make you feel 
different than mm-hmm. you do. And it, it really doesn't. It, no. it makes you, it's almost had the opposite effect on me where I feel bad for people who don't. Yes, I'm the same way. It's I, made it worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you deal with that? Uh, I try to be as generous as I possibly yeah. can. I'm generous in every way I possibly can be. And yeah. then it, but still I feel that. I get it. I get what you're, get what you're saying. I feel the same way. When so your generosity. When you come up with a solution, you tell me because I don't have. Well, okay. <laughs> um, generosity is another thing that I value, and I value it because my mom told me when I was younger, if you're generous with one thing, you're usually generous with with everything. It's the God's honest truth, and if you're cheesy ass with one thing, you're usually a cheap bastard with everything. Yeah, yeah. So you're, but you being here mm-hmm. lets me know that you're generous with your time because I know your time is valuable. So you traveled all the way down here. You're sitting here with me for an hour. I didn't this- go to Siberia, my dear. I took a cab downtown. <laughs> <laughs> you may, you're overplaying this a little. It took me about maybe 12 minutes. Yeah, yeah, that's a big I'm deal. I'm very generous We're with gonna my s- time. We're going to sit for an hour? You could have said no. <laughs> I could have said no, but the minute I saw you, I knew I had made the right decision because we went through that tiny little hallway that's about two feet wide mm-hmm. through the base of the building, yep. around a staircase, down another set of concrete stairs and squeezed into your little door and then came into your studio. Yeah. That was the best walk of my life. Walking behind those broad shoulders that are squeezed between all those little openings, <laughs> I felt alive again. I said, I feel 25 and sexy standing behind this guy. I'm just going to follow him right through everything. It was so much fun. I come down once a week just for that walk. Let's do it. Start the a walk of shame. The yeah, walk of shame. call it the walk of shame. <laughs> Shameful what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to start sweating again. Jeez, I doubt maybe it. that's why I was I doubt that. last time. Um, so you have a, a new podcast and we're going to go back to some things, but I want to make sure I touch on the 888 Barbara, which yeah. I think is so brilliant and smart because something you said to me that I've been thinking about since we met mm-hmm. was engage the people, engage oh. them. They're already listening. Make them feel like they're a part. You it's know? not just making them feel they're a part. You'll get more out of people and you're so good with people. I said to you when you were at my podcast, you were the only one I ever interviewed that I was intimidated by. I yeah, let's that, talk about that because I feel like that's, that you being, me. that's you being Barbara. No, no, no. I'm a flatterer. I kiss people's ass, no doubt about it. But I always tell the truth and that kind of stuff right away, right? No, you intimidated me by your intelligence. And I said that to you. I'm not telling you anything new. But you had Mark Cuban on the show. like weeks, Well, Mark, you know, I know before. Mark. I've been working with him 11 years. He's yeah. like a brother, a rich brother that I wish was really blood related, <laughs> you know, like he was my real brother. Yeah. Uh, but no, Mark is brilliant, but not in the way you are. You are wise. Mark is smart. You are wise. There's a big difference. Yeah. And you seem to have that wisdom on anything. Don't ask me to quote one thing because I can't even remember the podcast now. But I remember walking away and thinking, oh, what a smart, wise guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I said get people on your show because you could really have great conversations. Yeah. Beyond, you know, just an interview. An interview is nice. But what I do on 888 Barbara is is better. I just like it better. You're going to like it. You got to listen to me. I'm good at this kind of giving out advice where it's not wanted. Well, it is. Well, that's it's. It might not be the advice that they want, but they do want your advice. And that's, I think, where the real benefit comes in because you're giving people. When I sat with you, I was like, holy shit, she's really telling these people. But you forget what they need to hear. Let me tell you something. You forget what your advice was to my call-ins. You were giving better advice. And I'm like, (laughs) when you would give your advice, oh, shit, what do I say now? This is my damn podcast. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, you're you're good. You're very humble also. Either either humble or- Or bragging, one or the other. One or the other, yeah. (laughs) So your podcast, you started, what, uh, three- Maybe three months ago. Okay. Feels longer, yeah. Um, And people, so you do like an interview- Yeah, well, people just call and I get probably 200 questions in a week or maybe more now. I don't know. I've not been watching it. People call and leave their questions and we call the good questions back that we think a lot of people would relate to. And we start interviewing the person and giving them good advice. Do you do any pre-interviews to make sure that they're like talk, they talk well or anything Well, we hear their voice. Remember, they call and they leave a message. So they're at least coherent. But we don't do any pre-interviewing because you know what happens? I think I tried that in the initial month. And it was too, it wasn't like reality TV. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like you knew where you wanted to go with the conversation. You had it in your head. So as a result, you really didn't listen. When you don't know a thing about the person other than their quandary, you really, really listen. And I'm good at listening. Yeah. And it got in the way of my listening by being prepped and everything. So no, I just kind of listen and say what I think. 
And do you have a favorite so far or no? As far as people who've, who've asked like great questions or somebody that you really felt like you helped? Well, I would have to say my favorite so far, only because I got a thank you note from her today and it was like six paragraphs long, so genuine. She made me feel like a million bucks. She's my favorite. Yeah. But only because the thank you letter, I swear to God. Yeah. But what her problem was when she called in is she said she was working for a guy that she couldn't stand. He was abusive with his language to all the employees in the small company, but she had freedom to see her kids during the day and she valued that and she knew she was good at her job and she just had had it with the guy but she said i'm not going to leave because i have all these benefits well i just pushed her right out the door and she wrote me a letter saying i got paid more i got a great boss wow. <laughs> i get to see my children and why was i there for 11 years so that made me feel like wow i made a difference but yeah. that does feel good to feel like you made a difference right? of course yeah that's yeah. what we all want yeah Right. Well, we all want to be valuable, and however we're going to be valuable. And on that eight eight eight, I feel like I'm valuable. Yeah. When when people come into the Shark Tank, um, how do you decide who you're going to work with? Is it a, is it a gut thing, or do is it all like pragmatic? And this business is making money, or is there a little bit of like mm. I base it entirely on betting on the individual. I don't care what business they're in. If it makes common sense, that's good enough. You yeah. Know? If it even doesn't make such common sense, I feel ah, oh, we'll figure out how to do it later. But if I'm in love with that entrepreneur, I grab it. I compete hard for it. Because I know if I have a good entrepreneur that I believe in that they're going to make it. That's mm -hmm. a, and it's not like I can brag about a great, a great batting average. I probably succeed with one in three. Everybody succeeds at first when they're off Shark Tank because it's like getting a million dollar ad right in the face. Right, yeah. right. But once that's over, once the initial rush is over yeah. and your head's really big and now you have to start earning the attention and the sales, uh, two out of three people go down. Yeah. So, yeah. but still, one in three is not a bad average. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not but I'd all. like it to be three out of three because I lose a lot of money on the two that I lose on. Yeah. Yeah. Something that um, that Mark Cuban, Cuban wrote a really short book. Mm -hmm. I forgot the name of it. it was I, like, never, I didn't even know he wrote a book. How did that get by me? I don't know. It was like 70 pages. Really? What was it about? All I remember from the book was him talking, you know, you just brought up batting averages. He said mm -hmm. that if, if a, a baseball player hits three out of four pitches, he's an all-star. If he hits four out of four pitches, he's a Hall of Famer. Mm. In business, you need to hit one pitch ever to be a success. Oh. So keep swinging. Something wow. along those lines. That's yeah, a it was, good one. And for me, who had so many jobs and felt like I had failed so many times at so many different things. How encouraging. Yeah, it was really encouraging. Um, wow. I, I should tell him that. He followed me on Instagram yeah. after I posted a meme with him in it. <laughs> oh, good for you. It was making fun of him. So he's got a sense oh, of humor. Oh, he's got a great sense of humor. Yeah. He's probably the most confident individual I've ever worked with in business. Yeah. There's nothing that could shake that guy and make him think, oh, am I right? Am I good enough? Am I this or am that? Yeah, he's fabulous. He's so confident. So yeah. you get along with the people on the show? How could you not? You're in a you're working fourteen hour days with these same guys and also Lori, the other yeah. woman on set. You have to get along. It's like you're in a foxhole in a war or something, you know, it just goes on and on and on. Yeah, we we especially if we don't get along because we're disputing each other on a deal or or outfoxing each other, the minute we have a drink after work, which is like eight thirty, nine o'clock at night, we love each other again. Of course. I like some more than others. Yeah, who's your I, favorite? Mark, he's the richest. And yeah. <laughs> I, it clouds my vision. I think I like him and Damon equally well, but I have to vote for Mark because I am swayed by those billions that come with his name. Yeah. Yeah, you go, he's not just a millionaire. He's a billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a difference how you see people. You know, I look at him, I think he looks more handsome than if he didn't have the billion. I'm oh, sure, sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it, it adds something. Something I learned about when I was younger, I just thought that everyone who had money was a jerk because I didn't have any. Yeah. Right? You probably didn't know people with money, I but didn't. a lot of them are jerks. You were right on half of that stuff. Half. Yeah. But what, what I found is that once you get to a certain point past like, I don't know what the, the threshold would be. Let's say uh, I'm going to make it up. Knowing your mortgage is paid. What'd you say? Knowing your mortgage is paid. That's a threshold. No, I mean like as, as far as like, like let's say some- like my favorite, favorite episode of Shark Tank mm -hmm. that I still think about and I still watch the clip. You better say I was in that episode. If you're going to name some Of course some you were in episode. the episode. Okay, good, good. Yeah, good. yeah. Okay, but it was, a, <clears throat> it was a small clip. This guy came on and he was trying to sell this thing called Salesapreneur. I don't even remember that. It was a long, it was like maybe the first or second season. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. It was salespreneur. He was a, it was an approach to sales that he was sure could double and triple everybody's sales. Oh, really? I'm sure and I was, was out. he was like this douchebag mortgage broker that I knew. Oh. I didn't know him yes. individually, but I knew his type. 
and Mark and Damon just ripped this guy apart. Mm-hmm. And Mark offered him something, and then he kept talking. And Mark and Mark it's, I talked what, over Mark. Yeah. Oh, never do that. He goes, you're in sales. You just taught America the greatest lesson of sales that everyone should know. Don't Mm. talk past the sale. I'm out. And the guy started sweating profusely. And then Damon said, sell me this pen. And he was like, sell me this pen is a little whatever. I I don't like that either. But it was just such a great exhibit of like, you're doing- What not to do. You're you're selling a sales program. Yeah. That was the irony of it. Yes. But um, yeah, I mean, I've just- the show I still watch, I don't watch it as much because I have kids, but I still enjoy the fact that there are people out there who you are investing in people, like you said, but these, there's people out there innovating oh, and pitching so and many. never stopping. It's just the human race is so impressive it to me. It seems so shocking to me that we see those doors open on a typical shooting day probably 15 times, and I'm thinking I've heard it all. The door opens yeah. and you hear something new all over again. It's shocking. It's been going on for 11 years. No replication whatsoever. None. Yeah, none. Mm-mm. They don't let that happen on the show? They don't. No, they make sure of it. I mean, initially in the first couple of years, I saw a lot of golf shit that I'm like, I'm out. I don't yeah. golf. I don't get it. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. And they stopped that. And after that, they never repeated anything. Yeah. Yeah. How do they, um, I guess this is getting a little bit too in the weeds. I'm just curious as to how they pick who's going to be on there. I guess you, you got to have a good idea and a good a good pitch just like anything else. Not really. You know what you have to have more than anything? You have to have uh, personality. Yeah. You're gonna have, you either have to look weird, look sexy, uh, look really smart. That's, a, that's the first thing or they don't even listen to you because it's TV. Yeah. You got to look good. You got to sit. Then you got to sound good. And then you have to have a business. That comes third for sure. Yeah. For sure. So do you love Shark Tank? I love it. Yeah. You know what part I like about it? Not so much the performance because I'm still scared to death every time I sit on that set. I can't get over that. For some reason, I'm always insecure. Like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, what do I, you know. But what I love is when I start working with my entrepreneurs. I just came back from old San Juan. I had all my all-star entrepreneurs, the most profitable, successful people. Yeah. We discussed a little business for one morning and then we drank ourselves silly for three days, danced (laughs) in the streets, laughed, made fun of each other. Uh, But uh, I just love my entrepreneurs. They're like my family now. They're really like my family there. And maybe that's why I pick really great entrepreneurs because I'm thinking, am I going to want to party with these people? And most of the people I meet on Shark Tank, nah, I can't see myself partying with them. Now, were you investing in companies before that? I invested in real estate my whole life. I built Corcoran Group, yeah. and by accident, because I couldn't find uh, offices in emerging neighborhoods, parts of Brooklyn before anybody wanted to be there, Upper Manhattan, Harlem, I couldn't find offices for rent, uh, so I had to buy buildings to house a real estate office. And in the end, when I sold my business, for I sold it for $66 million, my buildings that I had to buy where I did nothing but occupy them. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we fixed them up and occupied the ground floor. That was worth much more money than my whole real estate business wow. just by accident. So I was an investor in real estate my whole life. I still invest in that because I really trust real estate. You know, you could bite it. You could taste it. You could see it. You could hit it. It's just like real, yeah. real real estate. It's real know? estate, yeah. Uh, so I'm much better at that than I am in all these crazy businesses, you know. Yeah. But the businesses, you're really, what you're doing is you're investing in people. In real estate, you're investing in property. Two totally different things. Sure. Real estate's a lot easier, more reliable. So you were already successful before Shark Tank. What made you decide to go on there? You had the this itch gotta, that you needed scratched? No, I had sold my business. I thought, oh, great. Now I'll take uh, how to make pasta lessons from a good <laughs> Italian cook. That's what I thought. I'm going to, I've been working since I was 11 years old, many times, two jobs at once. I said, I'm going to relax and learn how to make really good pasta because I'm a decent cook. Relaxing sucks. Yeah. I did that for one lesson, second lesson, third lesson. I never showed up. Though, what do I do with the rest of my life? So I decided to be a TV person yeah. uh, and uh, talk about real estate because the market was crashing right after I sold my, mm-hmm. and bad news prints. So I became a contributor on different morning talk shows. Yeah. And that's when I got the call from Shark Tank. I know that was too long-winded. <laughs> no, that was fine. A long way to get there. Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, I'm a good listener too. Yeah, so I can I'm see listening. that. You know, one reason you uh, are listening so well is you never blink or break eye contact. Intimidating. You'd make a great FBI officer. I have been told that my entire life, yeah. Tell me the truth. And especially now, since all these stocky bald guys are playing cops on TV, everyone's yeah. like, you you know who you look like, bro? Yeah. Yeah, I know. You know what else, by the way? 
I don't know if you could act, but you do stand-up comedy, so yeah. that's acting. Yeah. I could picture you being on it. Oh, ah, yes. <laughs> I see it as too. clear as it's right here. It already exists. I could see you being a giant TV star in a series like that old Telly Savalas. Do you know who he is? Oh, yeah. You know Kojak. how he was, Kojak was like the biggest cop on TV. I could picture you playing oh that Oh, my God. Cop. That's right. That's going even back that far. Yeah. People tell me I look like Hank Schrader from Breaking Bad. Yes, you do. Michael Chiklis yep. from the Commission. Oh, kind and from of. The Shield. Yeah, I get that. And um, Herc from The Wire. Yes, but I'll and tell you. I'll tell you where you're different. You're so much in your space. No, you'd make a great cop. And why not? <laughs> you got the time. You'd be a kid's hero. Yeah, I should be a cop on TV. I Even get when it you enough. say it, I want to be arrested. I, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, as a joke, for Halloween two years ago, just dressed up like a cop. Like very casual cop. How do you dress up as a cop? I put oh, on mean? just an NYPD t-shirt. Oh. And that was all I needed. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it was totally different out there for me. I went to a 7-Eleven. People were holding doors, getting out of my way, asking yeah. me if, you know, it was it was very different. And then I went to um, a 7-Eleven in Manhattan, and it was a little even more different. Wow. Because Long Island is like this, you know, I mean, I, grew, I live in Smithtown. It's not really yeah. dangerous. You know what I mean? Yeah. Manhattan's very unpredictable. Were people afraid of you? Yeah, they were like, I excuse bet. me, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Me. They yeah. thought I was a cop. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to help you audition for the show because I really swear to God, I, I'm not just saying- What show are you talking about? The show you're going to have. I oh. can see it. I know it's going to, I could, hey, $5,000, you'll have it within a year and a half. Shannon, are you getting this? No, no, you got to get time it. stamped. Okay, good. <laughs> is that a shake or is that a- That's a shake. Okay, here Hold we on. Go. 5,000 year and a half. Remember you said it. And I've got witnesses out there. So you're saying that I'm going to have my own show. You're going to have your own hit show. Where I'm a cop. Yeah. Is it going to be serious or funny or both? You're going to be exactly yourself. You're not even going to have to act and people are going to fall in love with you. Man. In fact, What's you know what? today's date? A year and a half from now is 2021. And I want to be executive producer, which means I don't do anything, but I get most of the <laughs> No, it's a good job, right? <laughs> no, but this just practice this line. Okay. Have a seat. Have a seat. Just like a cop. Have a seat. Absolutely. I'd be a nice cop, but a stern cop. Oh, you'd be the perfect cop. Yeah, it'd be fair. You'd have people calling into you saying, arrest me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, oh, my God. What you're, was... you're not taking me seriously, but you no, should. I, because I, I, I can really foresee the future. I know that sounds weird. I'm a great witch. Well, you got to, I mean, you got to have some kind of pattern recognition to do well in real estate. Pattern recognition? What's that? Like where like you dominoes? see a trend and you're like, I think this is going to happen next. And you get you get in line and then it happens. Well, I always spotted the areas that were going to explode long before they exploded, but I didn't spot them. I would just talk to all the creative waiters I ran into at restaurants, the mm -hmm. gay community, and say, where do you live? They go, really? oh, oh, I live in this Bed-Stuyvesant. I heard it wrong. Couldn't find it, Bed-Stuyvesant. I forget what I thought I heard. And then I would always, within a month, promise myself to go out and have a look at it. And I'd go at night with a car so I didn't get killed because they didn't look like good neighborhoods. Yeah. And I'd open an office there. Wow. Yeah. That's but you know what? Day. I also, in those places, bought buildings. Thank God. I mean, yeah. even if I didn't, it would still be a good move. But no, I didn't spot anything earlier. I just listened hard to the waiter who was rooming with two other guys who wants to really be a dancer but couldn't get the job. And he's at a fancy restaurant waiting tables. And they all ganged up and they moved to Bed-Stuyvesant. That's yeah. who you listen to. It's still true today. You just see where the young creative community is moving and you follow behind them. You can't lose. They always explode in that area. They make it a better neighborhood. Next thing you know it, the strollers are moving into the parking lot that's really true because because yeah. now i'm thinking about a few like williamsburg or you know any of those neighborhoods that dumbo that have really like exploded exploded and a while ago you know the cool kids now would not live there oh they would never because it's there. too like you know even the, the it's too well populated it. you got it yeah too expensive <laughs> yeah yeah wow that's a really interesting but back uh, to your new tv show what are you gonna yeah. call it <sighs> i have a great name go for it tank that's what I was thinking. You full of shit. Then I you swear say to God, you didn't say it. You're, You're right. stealing the credit. I said no. I'm not. First. You can have all the credit. Okay, You're the executive good. producer. All right, that's fine. All right, yeah. fine. Okay. I don't Are you really going to executive produce a TV show? I sure where I'm a cop? am. I sure am. I know nothing about it. Me either. Yeah, but can I tell you something? I could even connect you with all the right people to get a little pilot done. I bet you don't even need a pilot. I mean it because I'm. I've been living in Hollywood. I got all these contacts. Yeah. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to ask for an advance payment from you. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I'm only kidding. But I could. I could because it would be worth it. You could, yeah. yeah. Executive producer Barbara Corcoran. This yeah. is Tank Sinatra as Tank. Yeah, what's your real name though? You can't George. say George. George who? Resh. No, it's no, it's called Tank starring George Resh. You need another personality name out there. Yeah. Tank. I don't know. I mean, George Rush is okay. It's my real name. It's what it's, what it's been it's my okay. entire life. It's okay. It's not great, George. I swear to God. It's not. It's not so great. You're telling me. I like the Rush. <laughs> Will you work on that? I'll think of it up. George. Grady. Uh, George Tank. Mm, George Grady? Uh, no, Grady Rush. No. We, I, wanted we to, got, I wanted to name my son Grady. Yeah. Oh, like good thing name. you didn't. I know. Yeah, it's not a good one. His what name did your is George, say? though. George is great, yeah. He, well, we call him GJ. His name is George Jesse Resch. GJ is pretty good. And then my other son is Bennett Resch. Bennett is my middle name. Well, I'm going to tell you that's a great name too because you never tell a parent that their kid's name is off. Well, George is terrible. What's I didn't. Wrong I mean, George? it's not terrible. It's old-fashioned. It sounds like a solid guy. It literally means strong farmer. Does that's it what, really? That's what George means, yeah. Wow. So growing up- Like the kid cares what it means, right? I cared because I needed to hold on to something. Oh, okay. I was like, what is this? <laughs> it was Curious George, George of the Jungle, Boy George, Georgie Porgy, George right. Bush. Oh my it was God. fucking never ending torture with this name. My name didn't make any sense to me until I heard it with an uncle in front of it. Because mm. I had my sister had my niece like mm. when I was 22 or 23 and they were like, Hey, Uncle George. And I was like, oh, okay. That does sound right, doesn't it? I get it? it, yeah. Good for an old guy. Maybe we can call it Uncle George. No, I don't think so. But, no? well, you know, we got opinions on that. We'll figure yeah, it out. That's the easy part. We'll that's a tremendous, we'll run it through the mill. Yeah. Um, I'm I had excited another question for you. About, about Shark Tank. I'm just so fascinated by it. It's such an institution, Yes, too. it has become, yeah. And you know what? It's so good for the people at home because it gets people to think, why should I work for the next guy? Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I think, and this, I may have, I mean, there's a, an app called Time Hop where it pulls up your old Facebook statuses. Mm -hmm. I was probably watching Shark Tank religiously at this time. And I, I said something like, I, you know, entrepreneurs are going to save America. That's really how I wow. feel. Wow, But it's true. Most jobs have always been created by new business. Yeah, but even like the smaller entrepreneurs with like three to four employees that are solid, have a good product, they don't need to get any bigger. Those are like... They're they're popping up everywhere. I yeah. feel like they they weren't really around when I was. Oh, uh, you probably teens. no. They've been around more of them now. You probably just weren't as conscious of them. Probably you're probably looking at the shoemaker down the block or the green grocer. They had two three people. You know, yeah. no, there's a lot out there. I remember seeing a. Um, I didn't understand business at all, mm -hmm. and I remember very vividly going on my uh, on my way to my restaurant job and seeing like a guy go by in a plumbing truck, and being like, that guy's probably killing it. You really thought that? Most yeah. people feel sorry for the plumber. No, I, I was like, that guy works for himself. He's probably making a half million dollars a year. Wow. He sees his kids, yada, yada. I was, you you thought of that as a kid? That's opposite to yeah. how all the kids thought when I was growing up. Just because up. he works for himself. Oh, we would have said poor George the plumber <laughs> yeah. working for himself, poor cleaning George. people's toilets. That's yeah. how we would have felt. And the guy going out in a suit was who we admired, going out to corporate America, just like you saw on Beaver. Like, oh, you have a dad like Beaver? Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess because I was working in a restaurant, I felt like anybody that worked for themselves was yeah. doing better than me. Smart guy. I don't know that, you know, this guy may be making $30,000 a year. Who knows? Maybe he's not a good plumber at all. And Maybe by the way, earlier on, you said that you weren't wise until you were 30 and gave up drinking, right? Yeah. You uh, just no, no, told no, me was... you were smart even then. Come on, come on. Look at your sizing up of that plumber, the right impression of the plumber. And yeah. you were a kid. Come yeah. on. You were born wise. Yeah, maybe I was. I rest my case. I said something really wise when I was a kid. What's so that? maybe maybe I, maybe I have been wise. My mom, <clears throat> there was this- um, Sounds like a confession's coming. No, no, there was this um, there was this commercial uh, and they kept repeating the word toss up in it. I forget what the commercial was. But my mom goes, George, who's prettier, me or Vanna White? And I said, oh, no. it's a toss up. Ah. And I was like four <laughs> or five. <laughs> oh my God. What a darling answer though. She probably bragged to every friend for the next two oh, years. Yeah. It's a toss up. Yeah, she talked about it for a long time. <laughs> I, I and I do remember saying that I was very young. Oh I've always had a God. good memory. You always had charm. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Salesmanship. When I was interviewing you on my podcast, uh, I was more than anything enamored with your impression of what you learned when you were a salesman from the guy you work for. Yeah. Why don't you repeat that? I don't know if you may have said it many times. First time I ever heard it. There's a lot of them. Which which one did I? I say? can't remember. That's how impressive it was. 
There was one. Well, you got. You didn't get that joke. I said I can't remember. That's how impressive <laughs> it was. Well, the Maya Angelou quote. They don't remember what you said or what what you did. Yeah. They just well, remember how you made Michael. them feel. Yeah. You met. You know that quote. Wait. No, Maya Angelou. It, no, I, you told me that quote, but no, it was something else you said that you learned no. from your boss. You said, hey, George, if you get him smiling, you got him, or something like that about about the essence of salesmanship. Oh, yeah. It's like um, yeah. I may have said I learned so much from so many different people. It's a transference of energy. Mm-hmm. If you're excited about the product, they'll get That's excited. That's it. Yeah. I know that sounds so simple, but I had never thought about that before, and yeah. it's so true. If I used to go excited, on, they'll get excited. I used to go on estimates with this guy, and I would be like, I'll I'll pay. Like I don't. How are how are these people? What's wrong with these people? How are they not excited by this? Because he was so electric and so. I mean, it was fence. It was vinyl fence, wood fence, chain link. And he got excited about selling that product. But he felt like he had the best product and the best installation. And And did um, he? From where you sat, did he, or he just believed in himself like that? He. He had good people working for him. Mm. The product was relatively commoditized, mm. but he did somehow manage to have one of the suppliers make a custom rail for him that nobody else had. Wow. Which is, it's a big deal. I that's mean, it was a big deal. It's a point of difference in sales. That's everything. It was a nicer looking rail, but it's also like when you're in the fence business, you see fences everywhere. Mm. Now that I'm not, I don't really see fences that much anymore. Right. So, but what you have to realize is that when people are looking for a fence, they see fences everywhere. Mm. So now that, you know that they're looking. If they called you, that means they're looking. Mm. So you tell them, you know, you have this this fence, 80% of fence on Long Island has this one by five rail. It's one inch thick and five inches tall. It's very flimsy. We have a two by seven. It's got a beveled edge. Mm. Sits nice in there. It's, uh, you know, um, it's protected against wind, wind gusts, sun, all that, whatever. And like, I also learned that the company and the product doesn't have to be perfect in order for you to sell it. You just have to focus on what is good about the company or product and focus on that because everything has downfalls. I would feel when I first started for him, like, like I knew that we would botch jobs every once in a while. We'd say we were going to be somewhere and we'd forget and we'd Mm. promise to be in two places at once or whatever. But the customer doesn't know that. Yeah. Let them find it out after they give the deposit. (laughs) Oh, God. God. (laughs) By the way, was your fence, your special fence, more expensive than everything else? We always sold at a higher price, yeah. 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 Well, that's sometimes hard for people to accept. Yeah. But enthusiasm can overcome it. Of course it can. And you know what? If a customer said they weren't going to buy it, you just needed to be practicing your line early to say to them, have a seat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With your intimidation, have a seat. I'm not leaving until we get this check. <laughs> but I also remember in the middle of the winter once, he said to me something about, all I remember him saying is, bro, I just sold 1,700 feet of fence and two feet of snow. Don't tell me can't. I don't want to hear wow. can't. And I was like, damn, wow. bro, you are an animal. 1,700 feet is a lot. It was but you a admired big, him for that, didn't I, you? I still admire of him. Of course. He was, you know, he's one of those people who he was- I mean, in school, the worst student, troubled kid, really didn't look like things were going to be okay for him. And now he probably makes more money than anybody. And he's happy also. That's the other thing. You can make a lot of money and still be miserable. You walk yeah. in your house, you wish it would crumble on you, you know? <laughs> yep, you're right. These, these, this crown molding, I wish it would just fall on my head and kill me already. But you know what I found? <clears throat> I found with all the entrepreneurs on Shark Tank that I've worked with, the kids that were really lousy students are my best entrepreneurs. For Even sure. on Shark Tank, uh, four out of five sharks were dyslexic. That's a big average. Wow. Everybody, not Mark, but he made the billion. But other than Mark, everybody else is dyslexic on that set. And uh, they dyslexic people do very well in the real world. They don't do well in the school world. Yeah. Were you a good student yourself? I enjoyed going to class because I liked the camaraderie yeah. of it. And, and you were popular probably, right? I would say I wasn't, but I, I may have been. Yeah. You know, I, I was, bet so. I was yeah. very funny. That oh, was a, funny a, is the key to making every man popular in high school. That was a defense mechanism that I learned early on. Yeah. And sometimes I would aim it in the wrong direction. I would, you know, make somebody feel bad or I'd mm. make fun of myself when I didn't have to. Mm. But I always enjoyed making people laugh and I enjoyed being around people who made me laugh. Of course. So Better you way sharpen to live life. Yeah. You, you, you know, when you're around funny people, you become funnier. That's true. But I did not do my work. I wish I had done more work. For what reason? What difference would it have made in your life? I think I would have seen the value of work you learned higher. It, you learned it in school, outside of school, pardon me. You learned it outside of school. Why learn it in both places? Well, I learned the value of work outside of school, and I learned the consequences of not doing your work in school. Mm. So I guess maybe it's better to get that out of the way when you're younger. I don't of know. Of course. Yeah, I don't yeah, know what yeah. the answer is. I had a guy in here, this guy Francis, who um, 
it was just so funny listening to us talk about school. He was like, you know, I, I took the SATs and I didn't even check the box that allowed them to send your scores to colleges because oh I was just like, they'll figure it out. He goes, oh, I sent my scores individually to all the schools. Oh. And it was like, man, wow. I didn't even know that, that was an option. Yeah. But he went to Harvard. Oh, but of course he went to Harvard. That's why I went to Nassau Community College. And now ever since he's been to uh, Harvard, he's been saying to everybody, you know where I went to school? <laughs> yeah. Harvard. Well, where I went to school? Harvard. I think I brought it up. But yeah, I mean, going to Harvard is definitely something that people who go to Harvard say. Oh, please. Over and over and over yeah. again. Spare me. Save Harvard. me. Harvard. Harvard. I can't even imagine what that's like. That still seems to me like it's a, a different planet. You know, I, I have a daughter who's severely disabled in learning, but she's okay. brilliant with people and has so much going for her. She's 13. And she wouldn't mind my saying it, Kate. Yeah. Anyway, she told me about two months ago, she had the horrible dream that I died. And I'm, I reassure her, I'm saying, well, probably because I'm so old, I'm an old mom. But I'm thinking, well, everybody dreams about losing their mom, Kate, on and on. And when trying to reassure her, she says, oh, I didn't care, you died, but I got a letter from Harvard, <laughs> I was accepted. <laughs> She wanted to share it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She didn't care if I was dead. She just didn't want to go to Harvard. My son the other day said the funniest thing. We were we came Kids home. Kids funny. We came home from California, and we were coming out of the airport, and he was tired. I, I get it. Like it was a long day. He's six years old. And he, great age for kids. He God. goes, Dad. He goes, Daddy. Can you carry me? I'm like, Gee, I got two suitcases, buddy. He's like, Uh. And I'm like, All right, let me just give this guy a bone because he's like, he's been really great all week. He didn't complain at all. Uh -huh. So I pick him up and I'm carrying him. And he goes, I go, Good thing you have a strong daddy. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to carry you. He goes, You are a strong daddy, and that made me feel good. And I was uh. like basking in that moment. And then he goes, He buries his head in my neck. He goes, Do you think mommy could kill someone? Oh. <laughs> Only a kid at six. I was like, what? What did your wife say? Oh, she just laughed. I She heard me laugh. She's like, what's so funny? I was like, you're not going to, I mean, <laughs> like the kids' brains are just, they're so fascinating. Yeah, yeah. And I relate to that because I think I used to ask crazy questions like that when I was a kid too. I still ask crazy questions like that. I just don't care what people think of me. I need to know certain things. Yeah. Well, I that's... need to know if my mom can kill someone <laughs> right now. And the only person I know that might know the answer is you, dad. So I'm going to ask you this question. So he's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, unfortunately, I mean, this this was a quick hour. I knew this was going to go This quick. was an hour. Wow. Yeah. Um, where do you like people to find you on? What's your favorite platform? You like Instagram, Twitter? Instagram's the best, don't Instagram's you think? the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For everybody, not just me. Come on. It's best. Well, wherever you like to find people, you'll find me. Barbara Corcoran. Barbara Corcoran. Easy. And your podcast, 888 Barbara, do you need any, you don't need any more people writing in. You're inundated with requests. We're inundated, but if somebody's got a good question, we're always, we're always listening. No problem. And of course, business unusual. Yes. If you need business advice. That's my other sweet spot. All right. So you are the queen of business. I'm so glad I got to sit and talk with you for an hour. That's why I, I love this podcast. It does, just doesn't happen otherwise. No, it doesn't. Life's too busy. Yep. You don't get the kind of focus you get right here. I'm very glad I got to sit with you. I look up to you. I admire you. I appreciate you sitting down with me. And, and I'm happy to have you as my future business partner. That's right. Yeah, definitely. Tank. Don't let that one go. I'm going to bug you. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. My pleasure, Tank. Really. Right. My Bye. honor. Bye-bye.